calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. So, me and my kind of wife have been road tripping for about a week now. Just listening to music, sleeping in cheap motels, eating hamburgers at truck stops. And it, it's been great, actually. It's been nothing like the first part of my travels. I mean, nothing like the traveling before I stepped through a door and ended up in Nicolas Cage's shower. No giant crows following me. No demons or drug dealers. Just the world as you would expect it to be. Very peaceful. It's almost suspicious. Why does everything make sense all of a sudden? We just get to drive without interruptions. Closer and closer to Naraka City. And the weird thing is, I'm not sure if I want it to go this fast. I mean, I've been thinking about Kim a lot, like I always do. I can't wait to find her, even though I jumped four years ahead in time and she probably forgot all about me. I really want to talk to her, make sure she's okay. But I also don't want this trip to end. My wife's name is Leah. Am I allowed to call her my wife? I don't know. She's called Leah, and although she's very pregnant, she's very good at road tripping. She brought a bag full of old cassettes with weird experimental music. Also, traveling while being pregnant is not ideal, but she makes the most of it. When the road signs start announcing the next service station, Leah comes up with an excuse for us to absolutely have to stop there. Anything but the truth. The first day, she had this very specific craving for cucumber-flavored potato chips. At every service station, she told me to pull over so we could go check if they sold them. We stopped at probably three different service stations to ask for cucumber chips, getting weird looks all morning. After a couple of hours, I finally got it. Cucumber-flavored potato chips don't exist. 
She just had to pee every 20 minutes because there's a tiny human sitting on top of her bladder. Now that I finally caught on, we're thinking of the most ridiculous things to ask for at the next service stop so she can go to the bathroom. Excuse me, sir. Do you sell vegan bacon-flavored potato chips? Yeah, I, I saw those, but is the bacon flavor on those vegan? It did get a little weird at some point. Our gas station jokes. Leah started joking about hating her own taste in music. We needed to stop at the next service station to buy a cassette with some good music. That was her new excuse to go to the restroom. But the gas station we found barely had anything for sale apart from stale sandwiches and gas. After asking the guy a couple of times, he went to the back of the store and found a single cassette, but it was a kind of self-help thing. I thought it would be funny. You know, we could be snarky about it. It was called getting out of your own way, which made me laugh. After Leah came back from the restroom, we got back on the road and I played the tape. Something was obviously wrong. The same part of the monologue just looped. The man kept saying, whatever you do, don't turn back. And the voice got all low and weird. You know, out of natural pitch. Made the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. I joked about it being a haunted tape and threw it out the window. Literally. I had to get rid of it. It made me feel so uncomfortable. While Leah was asking for Chardonnay-flavored potato chips at another stop, I could still hear the looping message in my head. Don't turn back. Whatever you do. 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 Don't turn back. We've been driving through green, lush forests. It's beautiful out here. So much better than the desert. And so much more... wet. But I like the rain. Slowly the trees are making way for more and more houses. More and more real neighborhoods. We're definitely closing in on the suburbs of Naraka. We're probably another week out. And I tell Leah that means we're far ahead of schedule. And we should stop early and find a place to chill. There was never a schedule, of course. But it's been a pretty long day. And even though she's her positive self, I can tell Leah is tired. We should find a motel a little earlier this time. Just chill for a couple of hours. This really nice B&B showed up out of nowhere. We usually stay at cheap motels to save money, but I couldn't resist stopping here. Leah fell asleep in the car, so I'm just gonna stop, get a nice room and surprise her when she wakes up. The B&B is a really cute little cottage that the Smiths, I kid you not, built in their backyard. Mr. Smith is probably in his 80s. And when he starts a sentence, you better bring some food and water if you want to join him for the entire ride. But slow and steady wins the race because he finished the cottage a year ago. No help, just his own two hands. 
It's a beautiful little wooden house. Everything you would ever need is here. Leah and I dropped our things and she fell asleep within two minutes. She's still napping right now. She's too pregnant for a road trip, I think. She's a trooper. I made a kind of bed out of the small couch in the living room downstairs. and I'm laying down, playing some Temple of Sleep to kill time till dinner. I'm standing outside, on the grass. Leah's still sleeping upstairs. After gaming for about an hour, I walked out of the cottage to just stand here. There's a big lawn between the houses with small fruit trees here and there. I can see Mr. and Mrs. Smith standing in the kitchen, probably prepping dinner. Those two built a little paradise for themselves. With Leah sleeping peacefully, saving energy for the little baby growing inside her, and me standing here looking at the elderly couple as, as if it's a window into the future, I start wondering what I'm trying to change with this quest for Kim. What am I trying to prevent by fighting all of these demons that are standing between me and Naraka? Why am I trying to avoid ending up here with Leah? It seems like a beautiful path to take from where I'm standing right now. Maybe it's my ego? Maybe I wanted to leave town because nobody does. Everybody just stays there and starts a family and works a job and dies. But is that really so bad? Or is it just me trying to catch up to Kim's dad so I don't feel guilty? Well, it's been four years, so he either found her or he didn't. What am I even doing on the road right now? apart from enjoying my time with Nicholas Cage's wife. Mr. Smith starts making his way to the back porch. He waves at me. Dinner is ready. I get to wake up Leah now. I can't wait to see her soft smile when I tell her it's time to eat. Instead of actually going in and waking Leah, I stay in the yard a little longer and just stare at the main house where Mr. Smith slowly makes his way back inside. No reason to hurry. There's so much time in this place. The sun barely makes it over the roof of the main house, but the orange beams still touch my cold hands. It feels good. I take in the yard, the birds flying right by me, like I'm no danger at all. Like they don't have any predators here. I take a couple of deep breaths. It feels like I shouldn't walk away from this moment. It's as if I have a premonition that this won't last long. This peacefulness, it can't. It's as if I somehow expect not to be sitting at the Smith's dinner table tonight. I hear that weird self-help tape playing again in my head. I hear that low voice warning me to keep going. As I open the wooden cottage door, I hear Leah snoring upstairs. For some reason, I walk into the living room real quiet, as if waking her before I get to the bedroom would be inconsiderate. I take a shortcut between the red couch and the fireplace to get to the stairs. 
the wooden floorboards under my feet aren't helping with the quiet part of this operation. I open the door to the hallway where the stairs are and... At the bottom of the stairs, there's a man. He's leaning towards me. He knew I was coming. His index finger is pressed up against his lips. It's the creeper in his long raincoat, the literally long face. His expression speaks of concern, not menace. What are you doing here? The most important thing is that we don't wake the mother upstairs. What do you want from me? You can't know this yet, but I'm on your side. We are on the same journey towards Naraka. And leave us. We're doing fine. Listen to me, sleeper. I can see what is shifting in your heart. You are considering staying here. Staying with Leah. And starting a family. I don't know what to say. He's right. I wasn't ready to admit this to myself in a full sentence, but... He's right about something changing during that road trip. I'm falling in love, I think. This is not your timeline. You can't take over another life. You sent me here. What did you expect me to do? I had no idea where you were going. Listen, I know this is hard to understand, but you are the first to ever pick a door. What? You are the first sleeper to ever choose a single door instead of trying to find a way around the choice. You are very important. You are the one that could break the cycle. You sound like a really bad time travel movie right now. Yes, I do. And I've got some more bad lines for you. For instance, someone is coming for you. A killer is on his way to hurt everyone you love until you surrender your quest. The gardener? His number one soldier. His most dangerous asset. It will take a while for this thing to find you. But the mark on your cheek is like a pin that goes right through the entire deck of cards. A pin? The mark he left on your cheek is like the one ring. And this soldier is like Sauron's eye. He can see you wherever you are. Even if you travel into alternative timelines, it will take a bit longer, but he will find you and he will be able to follow you wherever you go. I think Leah is still safe right now, but it's a matter of time before he sees her and he will hurt her. He will hurt her if that means catching you. The gardener wants you bad. He's willing to risk it all to catch you. Having someone work for you that can jump through time is worth a lot. 
That's the entire reason the gardener wanted you in the I didn't first jump place. Through time, you pushed me. Why doesn't he chase you? He is chasing me. It's hard to explain. Let's just say we are connected, you and I. We can't leave a pregnant woman with a bunch of strangers. The longer we wait, the longer we stay close to her, the more difficult this will become. You love her, yes? Yes. And when you dream, you dream of me holding a severed hand, right? You feel your mark tingling as you wake up. Yes. That means the doors are cracking open and we need to get out of here right now before they find her and the baby. How can I trust you? If you don't believe me, let me show you for yourself. I want to slip by him and run up the stairs. I want to warn Leah that someone's trying to stop us. But he grabs my arm and takes me somewhere. He shows me something. There's a man in a big black pickup truck. At first glance, it's a completely innocent, mundane scene. The man that drives a truck looks like someone I would hire to do my taxes for me. He even pushes his glasses back onto the bridge of his nose. But while I watch him drive, I can feel he's very much not what he seems. This is a weapon. A heat-seeking missile pointed at me. And I know the creeper wasn't lying. This thing would try to get to Leah the second he realizes she exists. The second he locks onto her. I try to get a closer look, but the accountant slowly turns his head. As if he can see me. He smiles. A small, friendly smile as if someone just greeted him. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. I'm running across the field, towards the forest that marks the edge of the yard, and away from the main house where Mr. and Mrs. Smith sit waiting at the dinner table. Away from the cottage where Leah sleeps, hoping there's a father for her kid when she wakes up. Away from a comfortable car that I could use to drive back to a comfortable house that has my name on the lease. And a comfortable job that will not be going away until people stop craving hamburgers and away from the first ever true happiness I felt, ever. As I'm running away from all of that, into the dense forest, I don't doubt my decision. I don't. Because this creeper guy, this time traveler, showed me the dangers that are coming this way if I stay here. 
and I still feel the cold, hollow darkness when I picture that thing in the black pickup truck. So I have to go. For her. For Leah. We drive alongside the forest, continuing my way to Naraka. I'm hungry and I have to pee, but I feel like this guy won't be up for gas station jokes. So, uh, what do I do? What did you set out to do when you left Corvat? I wanted to find Kim. I wanted to stop her father. You need to do that. You need to stick with it. Life will come to you if you head out and chase it. You keep sounding like a corny movie monologue. I am you. I am what happens to you if you refuse to make a decision in your life. You are me? Yes. Prove it. When you were alone in your parents' garage at the age of seven... Okay, okay, okay. I am you. And I can see alternative versions of your life. The choices that were not made, and the ones that were. The consequences. You can see everything that could happen? A lot of iterations. Not all of them. Not by a long shot. You picking door number four, and walking into something without fear, is completely new to me. For example. And what does that tell you? You are different. You are our hope. You are your own hope. And you want me to pursue this path because I started it? Yes. And Leah, as amazing as she is, isn't yours. She is part of another path. So if you can see every path, just tell me where to go and what to do in order to find Kim. Ah, there it is again. The old reflex. Listen, sleeper. I will help you as little as possible. Because the whole point of this is that you are the one that doesn't need my help. You have to do this on your own. It is your path. And on top of that, I barely see the whole picture, and each time I try to help, things just get really complicated. But maybe we We've could- We've talked enough. Good luck, sleeper. Go out, find Kim. I can't help you anymore. Go and find Kim's dad. Go and run from the thing that is hunting you. And remember, whatever happens, don't turn back.
Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.